Ben, how was it? Uh, well, Tanner is one heck of a movie. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Artiki Film Podcast with Ben and Jacob. Ben, you've literally, what, five, ten minutes ago got back from watching Tenant? Uh, and Ben has got a full non-spoiler review for you in today's <laughs> podcast. It's going to be so good. Also coming up on the show, our classic film watch, Catch Me If You Can. We're also going to be talking about that Batman trailer, as well as reviewing new Disney movie, The One and Only Ivan. Plus, at the end of today's show, we have a very exciting announcement, but that's all I'm saying about that now. Ben, should we get into the news? Uh, yeah, let's. So, the first news story is Olivia Wilde, who directed my favourite film of last year, Booksmart, has been tapped by Sony to direct their new Spider-Woman film. This You're is... so excited about it, aren't you? You're so excited. Yeah, well, when someone's done a film that good as in Booksmart, which is a one-in-a-million film, you know Olivia Wilde's got talent, and I just hope she can get Caitlin Dever to be Spider-Woman, but I know nothing about the comics, and I don't really like Marvel films, so... Um, can, can, I know there might be an issue with the rights and things, but um, can, can Zendaya be in it? She's in Spider-Man, isn't she? I'm sure she'll pop in for, like, a cameo. Oh, I hope so. I love Zendaya. I love Zendaya. If you are a Articufilm podcast super fan, you will know that I love Zendaya. I think I've only mentioned it once before, but mm. yeah, I'm a fan of that. Uh, elsewhere in the film and TV news this week, then, uh, The Flash will star two former Batman in the upcoming uh, The Flash movie. This is big news, this, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, it is. So, obviously, we thought both Michael Keaton and... Ben Affleck were no longer playing Batman, but they're both returning in The Flash, which is having some time travel storylines. I mean, it's directed by Andy Muschietti, who did the two It films, so it could be all right. Um, ben Affleck was a great Batman, so was uh, Michael Keaton, so I think they'll both be great in the film. It depends how oh, big their roles it's are. Really, no, it's really exciting, isn't it? And I, what really interests me is exactly how they're going to do it. I don't know if you saw the um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the Arrowverse crossover, the most recent crossover. They had a couple of people playing Batman in that, and that worked really well. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that adapts onto the big screen. And the final story this week, Ben, you can read it out because I just I know how excited you are about this. I mean, to be fair, so am I, but it's huge news. Well, I mean, this is kind of two stories because Will Smith is involved in two very high-profile reboots. One of them I'm terrified about because him and Kevin Hart are teaming up for Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which is just wrong. That film should never be... Why is be that wrong? Why is that wrong? The original film's so great and it shouldn't be rebooted. And Kevin yeah, Hart's... Yeah, they rebooted... Uh, like, Lion King's been rebooted and I really and that was a new line. Yeah, but this is different. This is... Right. What can they do that's different? How can they literally improve the film? Other than just giving I, us a film we've already seen. I don't know, I haven't seen. watched the first one, but I don't think you should judge it until you've watched this new version. Just look at Jumanji. Loads of people didn't want Jumanji, or Jumanji, depending how you say but it. But Jumanji wasn't... Jumanji was a completely different story. This is the exact same film, just with two more annoying actors. I... Honestly, Ben, I think I disagree with you there, and I don't think you should judge it until you've seen it. That's what you're always telling me. Have a taste of your own medicine. 
But in better Will Smith news, because everyone loves Will Smith, he is doing. You've just you've just slated him. Yeah, well, his acting's annoying. Everything else about him's interesting. Uh, he hey. is rebooting his The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but it's going to be darker and grittier. And I think it's going to deal with the Black Lives Matter movement and classism in America. And I'm sure it's not going to be called The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It'll just be like Bel Air. But I think this is going to be interesting. It's not a comedy, is it? I've heard it's a drama TV series. Um, right. So I'm more excited. Tone to what we used to do. Yeah, I think that's a much more interesting decision than just rebooting, rebooting plane trains and automobiles. Which yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm looking forward to them uh, both. Have has Will Smith and Kevin Hart have they been on screen together before? No, or I don't remember them doing it. I don't think they have off the top of my head. So I'm really excited to see but two it feels of the highest natural. profile actors together. I think it could really work. You know, I've got a lot of faith in it. They're both great actors, in my opinion. Mm. Obviously, Ben disagrees. No, so we've actually gone, Ben. I no, I don't think they're both. I think Will Smith's a great actor. I'm looking. Kevin I don't Hart. think they have worked together, which is weird because you would have thought they would have. Yeah, that's why I'm buzzing about this. You know, it will be so good to to see them on screen together. Okay, so we've actually moved things. As I was saying, we've moved things around on the podcast a little, uh, a little bit this week, just to you know keep it interesting for you as well as us. Uh, so up next, we've got our classic film watch. I say classic film. Ben says classic movie. Whatever. We've got our classic film. Potato, potato. Yeah, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. I yeah. don't know. Uh, our classic film watch. Catch me if you can. So Catch Me If You Can follows a seasoned FBI agent who pursues uh, Frank Abernagale. Is that how you say it, mate? I Abin- don't know. Just, just <laughs> roll with it. Someone beginning with an A. Uh, <laughs> he pursues Frank, someone beginning with an A, Junior, uh, who, before his 19th birthday, successfully forged millions of doll- dollars worth mm-hmm. of checks uh, while posing as a, as a pilot, as a doctor, and a legal prosecutor. It's absolutely brilliant, by the way. Just saying, Ben, you loved it, didn't you? Yeah, I do love it. It's one of my, it's my favorite Leo film. It's my second favorite Spielberg film, and it's one of numerous great Hanks films. Mate, just let's have a look at that. What a lineup for a start! <laughs> what an absolute lineup! And and uh, like I said, like you said, Leonardo DiCaprio. I genuinely think this is is his best role. And also, I feel like in some of the other roles, uh, notably. Titanic, Romeo and Juliet, um, he's there purely for his quote-unquote good looks um, and to serve that purpose. But in this, I think he really demonstrated his skills as an actor. I feel like, though, with Leo, lots of his best work we actually always forget about because everyone thinks of Titanic and everyone thinks of The Revenant, which he won his Oscar for. Uh, But he was in Inception and he was great in that with Chris Nolan who did Tenet, which we're talking about later. He was great in Django Unchained and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both with Quentin Tarantino. And even though he doesn't do loads, whenever he picks films, he picks interesting films and he works with high-profile directors. And I don't think he's made many bad films off the top of my head, or certainly not no, in the I past. Think he's great. don't think he's made I a bad film for about, 20, for about 15, 20 years. And... Uh... 
if you are if you're in love with Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm I'm not, but uh, a lot of people are. You'll be pleased to know this is before he aged. He doesn't age well. Let's be honest. But Leonardo, if you're listening, not that you are. We still love you. But also, he... we share the same birthday, me and Leonardo. But he aged well, well as an brothers. actor. He did age. He did age well he, as he's an got, actor. He's got. He's a much better actor than he was twenty years ago. I agree. I agree. Um, I just, I think he's great. Hugely, hugely talented. Um, this film was just. It was just a fun watch, wasn't it? It's a fun piece of film. It's a bit different to what you'd expect, but it's just. It works, doesn't it? Also. It's it. Look at where Spielberg was in the nineties and the early noughties. It's completely different to what he had been doing. He had done Schindler's List and um, it's a bit of an experiment. Saving Private Ryan and he had War of the World coming up. Yeah, it's like I think this was his first time going indie, in a weird way. It was his first time going like for something that wasn't a huge blockbuster or a war film, or a holocaust film, because in the 90s, every director who was worth something did a holocaust film. Uh, ben, listeners will know that you are in love with Tom Hanks. How do you think Tom Hanks's performance is in Catch Me If You Can? Well, he's Tom Hanks. I mean, he can't do a bad <laughs> role if he tried. He's He is certainly one of the weaker parts of this film. But that's not a bad thing. Everything in this that's film That's not his fault. That's the character's a bit bland. You know what I mean? He does the best of... The character doesn't have a lot to actually really demonstrate. You know what I mean? I mean, it is also your typical Tom Hanks role. I mean, he's doing... I think, you know, I think Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio work so well together in this film. Mm, they do. Great chemistry, great chemistry. And next uh, week, so... or in two oh. weeks' time, yeah... We're delving back to the year 1998, where, um, I think I told you we're doing this, um, but what we're doing is in the summer of 1998, there were two films where asteroids hit Earth in an Armageddon fashion, and Tenet inspired me to go back to watch Armageddon films. So we've got Michael Bay's Armageddon, and we've got Mimi Ledger's Deep Impact. It's the battle... Of the Armageddon meteor gonna crash Earth thing. We're discussing it, we're hashing it out, we're gonna decide which one's better once and for all Armageddon or Deep Impact. It is Deep Impact, really, but they're both fun films. So go and watch both of those films and come back in two weeks' time because Ben and I are gonna be talking about it. Wouldn't it be great, Ben, if we had a contrasting opinion? That would make great podcasting. I think uh, we I don't will. Want to jinx that, though. Do you think? I think you'll prefer Armageddon, and I do know I prefer Deep Impact. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's very it's very exciting, though. I'm really excited about that. Quickly, Ben, before we move on, uh, catch me if you can. I am giving that an absolute must-watch. What are you giving it, mate? Well, it is a must-watch, but it's been a must-watch for the last 18 years since it came out, so... <laughs> and I just think it's great because... It was a, a lot of films that we've watched so far have been set when they released. You know what I mean? The classic mm. film watchers have been set when they were released. Uh, this film's actually set in the 60s, isn't it? Yeah, it's Even a nice it period piece. It's quaint. It's, it's nice. It, it's good. It's good. Right. Let's talk about the Batman trailer. I really liked it. And I've got a few friends that also love DC. They messaged me like, uh, have you seen the Batman trailer? It's so good. Watch it. Watch it now. Watch it now. Ben, you weren't a fan, am I right? Um, no, I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, I am hoping I'm surprised by the film, but the trailer didn't inspire me. 
I mean, it was a little too dark and broody and it just felt like um, Matt Reeves wanted to do what Christopher Nolan, who did Tenet, uh, did in his Dark Knight trilogy. And I want to see a Batman that's different because we've had, what, since Michael Keaton took over the role in 1990, there's been about eight or nine different Batman films of 10 in 30 One years. One of them's in Legends, isn't he? One of the Batmans... Oh, no, sorry. I'm getting completely confused with Superman. Listeners, please ignore me. Ben, carry on, because you actually know your stuff. No, but there's been... I'm counting them now, seven, eight. I think this will be, like, the tenth, ninth Batman in 30 years, played by, like, wow. the sixth or seventh actor. And I feel like it's going to do the same thing as the last couple. But there are some good things. As I said, they've got 70%. You know what vibes I'm getting, sorry, uh, about these switching actors? I'm just getting James Bond vibes. (laughs) Yeah, it is James Bond vibes, but at least the James Bonds stick it out a bit longer. Mm. Yeah, they get contracted to do X amount of films. Than like George Clooney, who did one film, Ben Affleck, who did one film. I mean, Christopher Bale's got... Yeah, Chris Bale's got the record on, like, three films, so uh, that's... It's a problem. And three films. It's not It's not actually a lot. It's a trilogy. That said, I'm looking forward to Robert Pattinson's Batman. He is excellent oh, yes. in Tenet. Which was he's tough. brilliant in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And he was good in Good Times a few years ago. I'm looking forward to Zoe Kravetz's Catwoman. Um, she'll be a really interesting take on the character. Poor Dano, Dano, Dano. His Riddler looks to be the central force of this season uh film so in the three-part trilogy which could be good jeffrey wright will be a good commissioner gordon uh colin farrell looks almost unrecognizable as penguin and i'm glad it's not an origin story they're just jumping straight into it yeah so am i because it's just going to be very action-packed you're not going to have all the build-up which can be a little bit dull uh, particularly to get new fans into a franchise i always feel like if there's a lot of build-up then it's gonna gonna bore them a bit you know particularly little little kids that's you know if i'm trying to introduce people to star wars there's a lot of build-up in the new hope and people just get bored so i feel like uh this is going to be a good a good way for the uh batman films to start also uh, there's ben, a tv you really, series you really like the music oh yeah yeah no, i'm really... looking forward to the hbo tv series by the guy who did broke uh boardwalk empire sorry which was a great TV show, and I think it could be like Sopranos-esque with corrupt coppers, and I think that's going to be an interesting take, and that will help us understand this Gotham and maybe give it a bit more energy than some of the last ones we've seen. Ben, you've written here you've really liked the music in the trailer. Uh, Yeah, well, I thought that any use of Nirvana in a trailer is always great, and oh my God, there is a huge spider climbing down my wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know this is terrible. You're gonna podcasting. have to go get this. Then you're gonna have to go get this spider. No, I'm gonna carry, carry on. on. I'm gonna carry on like a genie, like a tree trooper. But I am now gonna be staring at this spider the whole time. You know when you just see one crawl down. Yeah. So if Ben just disappears or screams or anything like that, at least you know why now. Ben, can... how big is this spider though? Oh, it's a big one. It's going to be dead tiny, isn't it? It is a big one. Is it? Is yeah. it a big one for England, which anyone else listening in any other countries going to like, if they saw it, they'd be like, oh, that's so small. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm just hoping it bites me and I can turn into Tom Holland. So, uh, 
Oh, yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Um, right, let's carry on with the reviews now, Ben. Ben, if you're feeling up to it, if you're not too scared, can we carry on with the reviews? Yeah, I'm feeling very... It's moving closer to me, so let's... Uh, it's fine, get... we're talking about a kid's film now, Ben. You can relax. <laughs> uh, relax. The one and only Ivan, a brand new Disney movie. We do give uh, Disney quite a bit of slack here on the Arctic Gift Film Podcast, but Ben, you liked this, didn't you? I know. I think The One and Only Ivan is actually quite a sweet little film. Um, it's about Ivan, who with uh, a gorilla, a talking gorilla, this is possibly the only film about a talking gorilla that's based off a true story, who uh, tries to find his past and escape captivity with the help of a lovely little elephant called Stella. I mean, this movie is very clearly for about six to ten-year-olds, and the way it has its anti-captivity message kind of doesn't really play with adults in a way that um, they're being released from the captivity into a zoo, but the area they're held captain captive is actually quite nice. I mean, the original story about Ivan the gorilla is really dark because he was kept in a mall for about 30 years, but uh, this is slightly lighter and slightly Disneyified. That said, it's a good way of getting... Uh, children to talk about and understand animal captivity. I mean, you can play the quite fun game of trying to piece together who's in the incredibly famous voice cast. I mean, it's got Sam Rockwell That's voicing... That's what you did, isn't it? That's what you did when watching it. You were trying to work it out. Well, yeah, because you've got Sam I Rockwell, who Oscar winner, voices Ivan. You've got Angelina Jolie, who voices Stella. You've got Helen Mirren playing a poodle. You've got Chaka Khan playing a chicken. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Chaka Khan. Was she good? This is a bit. She of... was, she was a bit mad. Uh, she was mad. She literally walked right past me because I actually had backstage access. Don't like to brag, but no, she she seemed a bit mad and like her whole performance was was a bit mad. But yeah, no, she was good. She was I good. mean, she clearly slightly mad because she took on this role as a baseball loving chicken. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. The one and only Ivan, it's harmless, it's family fair. But the performances are good enough, the voice cast are great. Uh, Brian Cranston's really strong in this movie, is the only actor who's actually acting, not just giving their voice to it. And there's more depth than it really had any right to. It's not a perfect film, but I really enjoyed it. It was a sweet 90 minutes that I just put on and enjoyed myself for. And so I'm ben, not going to lie, I even had a little cry at the end of it. You didn't. I did. The only film I've ever cried at was The Snowman, the Christmas one as a little kid. I used to. Oh, used to I cry. cry a lot at films. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my lovely little spider friend, but uh. Ben, you got through that bit then, though. Well done, well done. I, I'm impressed. No, what a... are you giving it though? What are you going to give that on our rating, our ranking? Well, it's an absolute must-watch at home, Disney Plus. I'm not joking. I think you would like the film. Yeah, I'm. But if you look at, you know, we've had um, Catch Me If You Can. That was a must-watch. You saying this is as must-watchy as Catch Me If You Can? Well, they're completely different films. <laughs> but you enjoyed it, okay? Let's say you yeah. enjoyed it. I, I okay, loved it. Still, still to come on the Artiki Film Podcast, we've got a massive announcement. But now, realistically, the bit you have been dying to hear, hopefully. Ben, you've just got back from Tenant, and you are going to do a full non-spoiler review of Tenant. Ben, off you go. Yeah, so, I mean, I left the cinema about an hour ago, 
because I had to drive home and stuff. So my thoughts are still a little bit tangled. Um, but Tenet is a it's arguably the biggest film in cinema history. I've heard lots of people say that. Um, it's mammoth. Uh, I think it really deserves to be watched in cinemas because there are bits of it that I don't think will work in small screens. And also, we need to get people to watch films in cinemas because if you're willing to go to a pub or a restaurant, you can sit through Tenet for two hours or two and a half hours. I mean, being completely honest, I have never understood a film less than I have with Tenet. I didn't understand it one bit. And on a first watch, bits of it feel like complete and utter gibberish. I mean, lots of the dialogue doesn't make sense. And I'm going to say this out loud. This isn't a spoiler review because I couldn't spoil this movie if I tried. Because at a certain point, about 20 minutes into the film, I realised all this time travel stuff is so complicated. I'm just going to switch my head off to the plot and enjoy the beautiful action, which is why this movie is a must watch in cinemas. The sequences... Yeah, I texted Ben, like, remember no spoilers. And you just replied with... Oh, I can't even remember what it was about. To be no, no, no. I know, I know I what it was it. about. I know what it was about. And I was following the whole film the whole way through. But it is so complicated to describe because you have things right. going forwards in time. You have seen some scenes literally play out with one character going forwards in time and another character going backwards in time. So that's not too much of a spoiler, but you can just see how mind-blowing it is at points and that allowed to some really great fight sequences like you got when Nolan tried the Dark Knight trilogy this is arguably his closest film since then but it also has a bit of the interstellar with the nutsly complicated scientific things and I just think say about interstellar I was in London at Leicester Square mm. and they actually were setting up for the interstellar premiere and I saw Michael Caine. Is it Michael Caine? Michael Caine's in this movie because Michael Caine oh. works. He's done some a ridiculous amount of Nolan films. They, he's done yeah, the last I've nine. Seen him. I've seen him. Yeah, Michael Caine and Christopher Nolan have worked on nine consecutive films together. He's been in nine of Nolan's 11. How nuts is that? I mean, wow, this they is... They must be good mates. They must get on really well off screen as well. Yeah, and... I, and uh, mm, Chris, no, not no. Michael Caine has said in an interview that he feels he does his best work in the films he'll be remembered for, he does with Christopher Nolan. I mean, this is Nolan's most Nolan-y film yet. It looks brilliant, it's so scientifically complex. But I would say, and lots of critics have pointed this out, it's quite a cold film, and you do struggle with emotional attachment to the, to the characters and to the plot. And I have this theory... And we're going to talk about it a bit more in two weeks' time when we talk about Deep Impact and Armageddon. But I think when a film has end-of-the-world stakes, it's really difficult to get invested into. Because I knew full well that Tenet was not going to have the, uh, Armageddon. Even though they said, that's the big stakes, the world's going to end. I was 100% confident sitting in that cinema with two and a half hours to go that that was not going to happen. It was all going to turn out for the best, but the world was going to live. And even though the journey there was brilliant and the action scenes were amazing and I had a great fun time in the cinema, um, I just never invested into the story and the stakes. That said, the cast are brilliant. John David Washington, who plays a character called protagonist in lazy Nolan writing, is a brilliant protagonist, but we all know he has been since Black Klansman. 
Robert Pattinson's his typical charming self. I think he proved that he should be the next James Bond definitively after this role. Um, Elizabeth Debicki, I think she's the only actress who brought any emotion to her role. She is the heart and soul of this movie. She's the only reason I managed to get any invested. And watching this, I was so glad she's been cast as Princess Diana for season five and six of The Crown because she has that element. I got Princess Diana vibes from this performance and I think she'll be great. And Kenneth Branagh, the most loved man in Great Britain, is such a great tip Russian villain. His accent's on point. When he gets angry and aggressive, you're scared. I was so enthralled with his performance. The one thing I'd say, the dialogue is quite difficult to understand. Often the sound editing slightly too loud, which means certain lines of dialogue were lost, which doesn't help to the fact the film's confusing anyway. I said I don't. I think I probably didn't hear about a third of the lines, and lots of Branagh's lines were particularly affected. But it's a must-watch. You have to go and watch this film in a cinema. If you want cinemas to stay open, you need to go and watch Tenet, and. It's so going to be worth it. It will be worth the price of your ticket. I actually think you need to find the biggest screen possible with the loudest speakers, and then you can just watch the brilliant scenes that you've been teased in the trailers. Don't illegally stream it, and don't wait till it's out on TV, because you will be missing out big time. Also, it's weird, Jacob, though, because I'm sitting in the cinema, and I have my mask on and your temperature checked at the door, and it's, oh and all the How seats... How do you eat your popcorn? Do you have to just keep taking it off? Um, I had fruit pastels and I was slipping them under my mask, but it was very challenging. I ate the fruit pastels in the trailer and once the film started, I stopped chewing. I have so little respect for anyone who eats during the film because it pisses me off. Why? Because it's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching here. I'm watching this. Now all I can hear is you're rustling next to me. But um, this film has some... Uh, To be fair, Ben, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Considering we're all in masks sitting in there anyway, and the woman about four seats down from me, because you're sitting there and lots of there are lots of empty seats because of social distancing, is in full visor. And particularly in the second half of this movie, lots of masks are actually worn. So you couldn't have a more COVID-friendly film if you tried. And <laughs> Do you think you'll go see it again in cinemas? I don't think I'll watch it a second time in cinemas. Because... Not that I don't want to, but we've got The Kingsman coming out in two weeks' time. We've got Wonder Woman 1980. What number Kingsman is that now? What number Kingsman is that? It's a prequel, so it's number three, but it's also a prequel. We've also got Wonder Woman 1984 in early October. We've got um, the Murder on the Orient Express sequel coming out. So I don't think I'll fit in a second tenant viewing in the cinema, even though this film truly deserves one. Also, the suits are just phenomenal. If you care about tailor wear and suits, which is why everyone watches James Bond films, then uh, Tenet is just delightful. Ben, I'm going to ask you the most impossible question. We've had a really strong, like, films on today's Articulate Film Podcast. It's been really strong. We've had some cracking films. But Ben, I am going to ask you to rank them all, including Catch Me If You Can. Okay, so firstly, Boy State from last week. I'm bringing it back because I just want to give that film as many shout-outs as possible. 
It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's the best thing you'll ever watch. It's the best. It's still my favourite film of the year, so nothing ranks up to that. Um, I would say Tenet probably takes number one, even though it doesn't make 100% sense, sense, and it's kind of confusing mess. Um, it is a must-watch in the cinema, and it's the most biggest, most impressive, most important film you'll ever see in your life. So it has to be number two or one, if Boy Stay counts, I don't know. Um, then I would say The One and Only Ivan. It's a nice, simple watch on Disney+. Plus. It's easy. You you're need to watch something like that. Ivan, you're putting The One and Only Ivan above Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, because you've had 18 years to watch Catch Me If You Can. Slash if okay. you're younger than 18, then you've had your whole lifetime to watch it. Um, if you've not watched it yet... You'll get round to it eventually, but I'm not going to say go out and watch it with any urgency because you can. I've talked to a few people in the car journey home about Tenet. You can have conversations. You're in the moment with that. You're in the moment with the one and only Ivan, and you're in the moment with Boy's Day. But I would never say recommend a film with lots of urgency if it's about 15 years old because people will watch it and then they'll be like, oh, that's great. And then the people around you who've seen it five, ten years ago will also be like, oh, that's great. So, yeah, Catch Me If You Can, still a great film, but I'm not going to... Watch it, but you know, you're not in any rush to watch it. Like, yeah. you know, watch it at your own pace. Watch it when you get round to it. Ben, we have still got a massive announcement to come up, but I just want you to remind me and the listeners, but more importantly me, what films we are doing for our classic film watch in two weeks' time? Deep Impact and yep. Armageddon. And we are going to battle them out and see which is the better film. Like a okay, boxing ben. match. Ben, announcement time now. Um, it's a bit sad. You know, should we do the sad bit first? Well, yeah. So um, the website, obviously, many of you would have came off there and some of you will be wondering, why have you not been able to read any written reviews? But, exciting announcement, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, it's relaunching with my written review of Tenet. So when, we're sorry, when's this podcast coming out? Oh, this what podcast is probably coming out at the same time the written review is coming out. Oh, oh, so, so right now, over to the website. so if you're listening to this through the um, ability of time and space and whatever and us recording the night before, you can go over to the website and read my written review of Tenet where I break down things in a bit more detail and I probably will be able to understand the movie slightly more having slept on it. Um, so you're going to get up early and write it, yeah? Yeah, I'll be up tomorrow morning writing it. I'm not going to do it after this. So, yeah, and then we've also got lots of exciting films we're reviewing over the next couple of days. Yes, God, Yes is getting a review. Um, what else? <laughs> I can't remember what I've got off the top of my head. You can r read what I've got to say about the one and only Ivan in a bit more detail. Stargirl, which is a new DC show on Amazon. Lots of things that we haven't talked about in the podcast. So, if but you want to read some know reviews, is All you need to know is... The website is back. Ben, as ever, thank you very much. And thank you very much to you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.